0: Hi guys, this is David Negrin, host of The Script Podcast and executive director of the NYC Screenwriters Collective. I'm excited to announce that we've created a Patreon campaign for The Script. Patreon is like a Kickstarter, but it allows you to give ongoing pledges every month and receive ongoing rewards. Of course, The Script Podcast will continue to be free, but we're just asking for a little help. So please, check out all our rewards, join our inner circle. Become a patron of The Script Podcast at patreon.com slash thescript. So much has happened since I last saw you. I lost my hammer, like yesterday, so that's still pretty fresh. And then I went on a journey of self-discovery. Where I met you. Where are we? You have no idea Hello, the goddess of death has invaded Asgard
1: Oh, I've missed
0: this And you and I had a fight recently Did I win?
1: No, I won, easily
0: and sound, right? Oh, that's true. Asgard is dead. And it will be
1: reborn in my image. I thought you'd be glad to see me.
0: I need to stop her here and now. To prevent Ragnarok, the end of everything. So I'm putting together a team. Like the old days. Surprise! This would be such fun. Hello? Hi.
1: He's a fighter. Here we go!
0: Yeah! I'm not a queen. Or a monster. I'm the goddess of death. What
1: were you the god of again? We're the same, you and I. Just a couple of hot-headed fools. Yeah, same. Hulk like fire, Mm. Thor like water. Well, kind of both like fire. But Hulk like raging fire, Thor like
0: smoldering fire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> uh, this is The Script. Welcome. Uh, podcast for screenwriters, by screenwriters, deepest story analysis anywhere on the internet. Uh, the Script, we believe, story moves pages, story moves product, story moves people. I'm your host, David Negrin. Joining me tonight, Alec Pollack. Hello, David. Hi, uh, hey, everyone we're doing Thor Ragnarok Thor number three <laughs> we, uh, we 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 have we did podcast Thor Dark World on this on this pod um, I don't know that I was here for that uh, you may not have been it's I did I didn't review it entirely Wait, was that? Uh, it was two three years ago two 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 ish um, different director mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, Different writers, Uh, the artist tonight, um, the director is Taika Waititi, uh, who is uh, from New Zealand. And we know him from uh, What We Do in the Shadows, which is an incredible mockumentary about vampires, which is hysterical. It's comedy. Uh, He directed a film called Hunt for the Wilder People. He is uncredited and wrote the original draft of Moana. Not much survive, but is that true? Yeah. Okay, good but to know. But he was in there. He was. Mm-hmm.
1: He was. His brain was part of it.
0: Also responsible for directing Green Lantern 2011. He directed? No, he was in it. Or is it in it? He was in it. He was the sidekick. <laughs> he was the sidekick. I feel like he was. I don't know, <laughs> no. We're gonna have to check that one out. Right. Uh, but he had an Oscar-nominated short uh, called "Shoot Two uh, Short Two Cars One Night" um, that got him on the scene mm-hmm. uh, from New Zealand. Uh, screenwriters were Eric Pearson, uh, Marvel One Shot Agent Carter, coming up, uh, Craig Kyle from the Hulk vs. Animated series, and Christopher Yost, who is well known for writing Star Wars Rebels. Uh, characters by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby, of course.
1: And a lot of this movie is also um, improv. Uh, all Im- along the way. Is that right? A lot of improvisational. Yeah. So I think those those writers I think mm-hmm. um had worked on the story structure along with Ken Feige and and the Marvel folks, but uh, all along the way from what I understand there was a lot of improvisation of the dialogue and playing around with it and just
0: having a lot of fun on set it seemed like. This this film takes the action comedy to the comedic level <laughs> that it wants to be at. Um putting this director YTT if that's how you say his name, uh, in at the helm of this is like putting a Judd Apatow or a Nick Kroll, a, a true comedic director, at the helm of a huge, ac- you know, action uh, tentpole. A great choice.
1: Yeah. A sure. great choice. But now we, you and I have talked about the idea that Big Trouble in Little China is a is a nice corollary here uh, from, from you way to- back. You when. brought that up. I'm a big fan. Uh, as am I, and I think uh, I think uh, title. Uh, Taika Waititi also is.
0: Okay. It seems like there's some there's some connection there. But that that was John Carpenter. John Carpenter, yeah. Uh, but there's so such great comedy in yeah. Big Trouble in Little China, and there's also these amazing action set pieces. Yes. Yeah. And that uh, it's a cult classic because it balances those things as well as a bunch of mythology. You're right. I mean, it's such a great um, uh, uh, precursor to what the tentpole. Uh, Marvel superhero action comedy should be it's got the strong lead it's got the comedy it's got the action set pieces and it's got mythology and and great story and lots and an ensemble also yeah absolutely Kim Cattrall yeah. you know lots of great people in that um, the actor played Wang so yeah I mean that's that was my big up actually for the. we're gonna do um, Uh, the script instant review uh, segment we're gonna do genre analysis segment we're gonna do structure analysis we're gonna do screenwriting craft issues and then how it should have ended segment (laughs) Uh, for the instant review we were gonna do one up one down my one up was gonna be the choice of this director okay that putting it in the hands of a true comedic director who knows that you don't come to set to read the lines but to start with a, a structure of the script and to improvise, you know, with the comedic um, talents of your actors, including the director, because he played chord yeah. in this, <laughs> yeah. the, the rock guy. Yeah and who was, was a great it was fantastic. aside
1: it's so interesting also because i mean we 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 know we uh, screenwriters so often uh, get so lost and mired in the dialogue and yeah. trying to get every little thing just perfect at the expense of spending time on story and story structure and making sure the whole thing comes together well mm-hmm. when a lot of times when it's actually out there being created it's that structure that's really going to hold the whole thing together
0: yeah i mean that this is this is why great screenwriting is is takes uh, so many different uh, levels of understanding of not just uh, because this this film holds up as story structure, mm-hmm. right? It also holds up in the the outer the greater mythology of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Marvel Galactic Universe. I want to talk about that, but um, then at the scene level, scene to scene, uh, every scene had the dialogue uh, and the conflict in each scene. Uh, keeps it keeps it up keeps it afloat you never you're never bored in this movie I have some questions about some of the directions they chose but this movie is so tight in it because it's afloat because of all this great dialogue so that's a that's a that's a big up that you got there yeah (laughs)
1: that's a big up my uh, my up actually uh, my biggest up if I had to choose one um, I saw this with my daughter with my six-year-old uh, the two of us went to a, a 9 a.m. show at Alamo Draft House, all ages, and we had a great time and, and actually uh, experiencing it through her eyes. My big up is having her, throughout the show, lean over to me and say, Daddy, that's so cool. That was the
0: best part for me. <laughs> Which like, means it's doing something exactly. right. It has well, it's, to it's, be doing something right. It's inspiring awe. And if I'm right, sh- your daughter never saw the previous door no. films. <laughs> no, no, no. She, didn't she know wasn't about worried it. about continuity. No, she was just <laughs> experiencing
1: it and experiencing the excitement of it and the, 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 uh, the, the moments of awe, the moments of wonder, the mm-hmm. moments of, I think, again, we know Kirby was a big influence in terms of the production design. And that kind of like absurdist abstraction of reality that, that the yeah. original Marvel comics were really going for... It's here. Like they've been able to bring it to screen, and I thought that that really, really brought it to life in such a different way. Did, but still, it felt. Did, like it was Did part your daughter
0: of gravitate to the female characters? Do you think uh, they did a decent job with Valkyrie, with with Hela, of, of creating strong female uh, uh, main characters? She definitely
1: loved both of those characters. Yeah, she thought Hela was awesome. I mean, she's a big fan of Maleficent, so I think the, uh, the whole oh yeah. horned uh, character I think sure. was was in there. Um, Valkyrie, she thought was very, very cool, especially her jumping. From spaceship to spaceship and fighting and really like being brave out there.
0: I saw I saw some some amazing stuff from from Valkyrie uh, that I felt like I was watching the Wonder Woman film. Yeah, I yeah. felt like it was like her movie for a little she while. was on In it. the action set pieces, she was on it.
1: Indy also enjoyed. Uh, Thor and Hulk a lot she, mm-hmm. she They were a lot of fun, as did I I, th- I thought uh, everybody really did a good job I, th- I really, I like the ensemble nature of the whole thing I Yeah, I mean,
0: together. In, this was an ensemble As all Marvel sort of films have to be They try to Pack everybody in um, You know, we have uh, At the script we have the Superhero tentpole action comedy Checklist uh, Because the action comedies f- uh, for tentpole Films are kind of like genres of their own and um, there's five things that we're looking for when we're trying to see a temp poll, uh action comedy succeed. First is the ratio of action set pieces to story, right? How, you know, do we spend 45 minutes in... Uh, in in just gratuitous action explosions and with no narrative at all? Or do they balance the the rate of action set pieces with the story? Uh, Character development in an ensemble. If you're gonna stick all these characters into the film, we gotta make sure they all count, they all matter to the story. Um, Are the uh, action set pieces and the comedic set pieces uh, are they original? Are they different? Right, because uh, this is a popcorn movie. It, sh- it should be it should be funny and it should be thrilling in ways we haven't seen before. Um, the main plot number four is the overall original originality of the superhero plot. Right? Is it a uh, supervillain army comes to take over the world? Right? Yes. Well, <laughs> it happens to be in this one. <laughs> 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 or is it this origin story we've seen over and over again? I don't know. So um, uh, number five is uh, you got to reinvent the the names of the superheroes, the suits, the uh, catchphrases. We got to do something different. Um, And I I think uh, tonight we want to talk about this show, this film, in terms of of those big ones. Let's get into it. Um, I would say my one down is going to go to uh, number number two on that list is the character development in an ensemble. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I think this fell down, I think this did very well as a two-hander between the Hulk and uh, Thor. Uh And I think it fell down in character development uh, for Loki, for Valkyrie, and for Hela. Let alone some of the other straggling characters, okay? Yeah, I, I mean, look. You can't go too far with everybody necessarily. I, you know, the comment I always say is, Whedon can do it, why can't you?" <laughs> but you had arcs for Valkyrie, you had arcs for Loki. We get, we get, we get one flashback of Valkyrie, and the fact that you know the reason that she's a drunk and she's like uh, uh, no longer an Asgardian through a flashback. That's like the laziest possible way to do it. And it also is like this great sort of Valkyrie flying like Pegasus. Sequence. Where's that part of the movie? Yeah, I hear so many people. Can can I get that? Can I get? Can I get that in the (laughs) in the the prologue?
1: Yeah, where's that movie? (laughs) But look, I mean, it's not unusual if if you think about Valkyrie as a protagonist. I mean, I know she wasn't necessarily in the structure of this movie, but in in the movie of her life, Mm -hmm. as the protagonist, you know, starting off with that that hero who has you know, renounced the heroic life and is, is now kind of the waste and refuses the call to adventure. Like certainly she's got all the beats yeah, in her but, own story.
0: And I'll agree. They're there. The, per- it's not entirely like completely ham fisted, but they're also, it's not original. It's not, it hasn't been, um, her backstory and her arc are not, uh, not very well, uh, illustrated, colored in, you know, it's, you know, it, the beats are there, but not in the way that the Hulks are, right? The, the Hulks, um, uh, arc in this is so interesting because we find out basically three quarters or I think it's the midpoint, the midpoint of the movie, we find out that the David Banner has been stuck as the Bruce Hulk, Banner. excuse me, Bruce Banner as <laughs> the TV, TV version. Hulk, yeah. <laughs> Bruce Banner has been stuck in the Hulk for two years. Yeah. And once Bruce Banner gets back, he's afraid to become the Hulk again so that he doesn't get lost. The super power becomes a force of antagonism. Amazingly, that is great. And and the Hulk is actually sort of a different character than Bruce Banner yeah. and finding for the first time we get to meet the Hulk and his personality yeah. um, and him going tete-a-tete with the Thor and you know, who's the strongest Avenger. <laughs> so fun. So wait, So.
1: Where's the balance? Like, How do you strike that balance then when you're working with an ensemble cast of characters? Because you don't wanna to go too far with everybody's story because then you're diverting from your core characters,
0: right? You don't have as many characters, okay? The Heimdall plot in this is ridiculously underserved, okay? You know, he, you, we cut to Idris Elba for like two scenes in the film, he's starting the revolution. The revolution ends up being like a D-plot to this movie. It's totally not necessary. Um, and so we—I don't know what to, I, I have no idea what Heimdall, how Heimdall got kicked out of uh, uh, the leadership on Asgard. Um, we don't see him form the revolution. We don't see him steal the sword. Right? Isn't isn't him who steals yeah. the uh, the sword uh, for the transport? Frost, yeah. yeah. Um, we don't see any of that happen. Um, we certainly don't care about his emotions and, and his character arc right. um, Like I said, you know. I want to find out more about Hela as well. We've got our our main antagonist here is just, you know, her backstory is uh, she's the outcast, you know, older sister of Odin. And Odin dies, so she decides to, to show up. Where's where's the darkness? Where's the complexity of a Maleficent backstory? As
1: in the uh, the Angelina Jolie Maleficent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah no, I hear you. I hear, yeah. you. I hear you. She was definitely kind of like your one-dimensional villain. But... Again, as far as Marvel villains go, I thought she was pretty interesting in terms of not necessarily being just a, a redundant version of the hero
0: in a lot of the origin stories that Marvel uh, seems to keep recycling again and again. I mean, but she but she does fall into that cliche antagonist for superhero film, which is she shows up, she takes over the planet, she has an army of uh, of henchmen that we can throw you know bodies at the heroes. So unfortunately, uh, they failed on. <laughs> plot, our uh, number four from our genre discussion. But or
1: is, are they playing on that being a convention and something that happens again and again? Because Surtur, it, you know, starts off the movie as this big theoretical force of antagonism and then he's utilized in the end as but part but of...
0: But Surtur was great. I one of my great notes for Act 1, for the setup was, it's so awesome to start a movie with Thor uh, uh, fighting a, 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 a demigod demon. Demon, yeah you know, uh, who is a worthy adversary. It's so hard to create worthy adversaries for, you know, gods, right? So the Surtur character opens up and he beats him, but you know, he beats him handily. Mm. Uh, And then it's sort of a surprise when it comes out in the third act Mm. that they use him. Mm. Um, But I don't know, I, I mean, I guess the concept was, tell me why they allowed Asgard to be destroyed? That was part of the plan?
1: That was your, you know, and we'll get to structure later. But that was the dig down deep moment when he had that realization that, that the only way to save the people was to let
0: go of what they, they're
1: trying to save.
0: I mean, he beat he he beat up Surtur with like no problem. Like it took, you know, he 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 dug. Down, I mean, he had the hammer, of course, but uh, it was, you know, he didn't have the, uh, uh, the. He wasn't fully in his arc of being the god of thunder yet, and apparently Surtur can beat. Uh, Hela and, once and his, Thor can't.
1: Once he's gone through that eternal flame. That was the key. It was, ah, the, was, was the eternal, eternal flame, flame. makes him into mountainside yeah. monster. And it, it takes it to a different level. The
0: only thing that I got out of that, that I appreciated out of that ending. I can't believe we just jumped to the ending. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it, it goes to the character arc of, of Hela is that, uh, not being there. Is that Ragnarok itself was an inevitability. Ragnarok was the end of days the prophecy it could not be stopped and that's an interesting concept and that we haven't I don't think we've seen before the idea that uh, you know Thor's and Asgard is a place uh, that has an end of days and it's, it's almost like a Kryptonian moment right it's the end of the planet. And now they get on a ship and they head to Earth. Yeah, I know
1: we're jumping around a little bit yeah. thematically. Like we saw a lot of kind of like burning things down and then having them come back, sure, back up, and having sure. them be rebuilt. Uh, and again, jumping around in our, our checklist, our superhero checklist. Um, Thor gets burnt down and and taken apart and deconstructed.
0: Absolutely, his hair and his right eyeball. Yeah. His hair his
1: eyeball. His hammer, which is the a hammer. Part of you're his absolutely right. So he is completely deconstructed and rebuilt as something completely new. And yeah. again, his arc is from someone who rejects the throne at the beginning. It's mm-hmm. all about rejecting the throne and being the adventurer. It, and
0: which is so earned. It's been two movies, of, yeah. three movies of rejecting the yeah. throne. Yeah. And then yeah. he finally sits in it. Sits in the it. throne at the end. So I mean, like that's his rebirth. And it took Ragnarok. For that to happen. A a burning down of your home, yeah? Yes, a smoldering. A smoldering. (laughs) So wait, so my
1: my down, I don't know where it fits in in our list, though, but I just wanted to make this get in there, is uh, it was one of my ups that Planet Hulk is on the screen, and we've got the big gladiator Hulk who is on Sakaar just like in the the comic book series. Is Sakaar planet Hulk. planet Hulk? Yeah, yes. In Planet Hulk he is on Sakaar. Okay. However, it has nothing to do with the Grandmaster or this Contest of Champions or oh, any of that. so they combined Grandmaster it. and Contest of Champions are a completely different thing. Thor is a complete is not in it at all. It's, it's a completely different story. Okay. Planet Hulk is this it's the Game of Thrones of Hulk stories. Yes. It is Hulk on this alien planet Filled with monsters, rich backstories
0: of all the different cultures. And And is Bruce Banner's Hulk the central character? He's he's Hulk, yes. Okay.
1: But Bruce is in it for like a minute. but It's it's all Hulk, and he's Hulk the whole time. And it's Hulk establishing himself, going from a gladiator and a slave, and it's his rise to power and uniting this planet, fulfilling prophecies. It is
0: an epic TV show. That sounds great. I mean, I think well i mean they definitely had uh in Ragnarok they definitely had they took a little bit of like the ridley scott uh you know oscar award winning gladiator uh, <laughs> Those template yeah. here we got you know, uh, taken away from your family, and yeah. uh, you get um, uh, the training of the gladiators yeah. and the gladiators fighting. Then gladiators yeah. rise up, right? Yeah.
1: So look, it, it's 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 one of my ups that I loved. It was on the screen, but it's my big down because, like, what a waste of such an epic and amazing story.
0: And but but they there's there's all this talk of you know in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where's the Hulk movie, right? Well, uh, <laughs> and that's a bigger debate in itself because yes. if you were going to do a Hulk movie now that's connected to Avengers Planet Hulk would be it right yeah absolutely that would be absolutely. it absolutely um, the um, trouble is there's, you know the hulk standalone films um, not under marvel but ha- have universal, had a, yeah. yeah have had a you know a mixed um, uh, history yeah
1: yeah well I, and again because they keep trying to do the same thing with the crazy uncontrolled hulk yeah. this is the first time we're seeing that other aspect of hulk with hulk's personality yeah. itself showing through and telling a hulk story in the comic uh, um, arc Planet Hulk. Planet Hulk ultimately leads, leads to Hulk coming back home to World War Hulk, which Amazing. is a whole other dark story that, again, would make for epic movie and, or TV I show. I would
0: love to explore that, yeah. And, and you know, we, we got a lot, We like I said earlier, we, we got a lot of introduction, almost origin story of the Hulk character in Ragnarok. Hulk himself, Hulk not himself, necessarily Banner. Separate yeah. from, from Banner. Um, and so that was interesting. We get an introduction to him, but it, it kicks off uh, from Ultron, right? From Age of Ultron, yes. where he escapes um, and he has uh, feelings for uh, Black Widow, right? And uh, there's a little cameo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Scarlet Joe. And that leads to, you know, sort of why he's been hiding on this planet and. Creating this, you know, huge following yeah. in, in this gladiatorial presence, yeah. um, so I, that was definitely an up for me in this film.
1: And again, completely different than the comics, where in the comics he's sent away from Earth. Is secretly, that what happened? Like the uh, Doctor Strange, Mister Fantastic, uh, Black blood from the Inhumans, like all of these characters get together, and, and Tony Stark say you're too dangerous Uh. we're sending you away which again pisses him off and interesting it's a completely different dynamic as to why he's there and what's going on so this was a a kinder gentler hulk and that's why he's just hanging out in a hotel room
0: (laughs) with some great banter absolutely they're definitely like in a hotel room (laughs) so for the set for the uh uh, second for the second half of the second act um Let's do some structure, yeah. shall we? Absolutely. Uh, like an abbreviated structure tonight. Um, we, we open with Thor in a cage. That's our opening image. Right? Yep. If Thor in a cage, Thor in chains. Absolutely. Thor in chains. If we are n- not counting post-credit sequences, what is our thematic closing image? Thor on a throne. Thor on the throne. Great bookends. Absolutely. I loved it. Yeah. Very tight um, set up. Uh, some very funny expositional monologue to a skeleton, you know, <laughs> yeah. that made me start th- start thinking about uh, uh, Jack Burton and Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> yeah. This film starts out and says, this is going to be funny first. Yeah, absolutely. And action second. Um, the only question is, how d- would it go as far as Guardians of the Galaxy? And I think that was answered later. It certainly went as far, if not farther. Yeah. Well. I think, I think, I think it went, uh, I think the answer came when they started talking about um, when they repeatedly referred to uh, the devil's anus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, 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 the the temporal like like hole, yeah. <laughs> wormhole is the, it's just they said it several times in the film
1: and lots of like, running gags like that I yeah mean, come on the the whole like sun's going down big guy like, what was that oh what my was god that? that was hilarious it was just,
0: it's sun's going down sun's coming hilarious. up yeah so, so.
1: but again when you're casting goldblum as uh the grandmaster who's the brother of the collector who was in uh,
0: Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I didn't know that. Character. Okay, I'm glad and you, mean, you just brought think that up. Brother and of the ca- Collector. Yeah. I wish we'd had more Collector stuff. Maybe you know, when when Asgard went to shit, I was wondering, what about all those relics? Remember, Hela walks by a bunch of the, yeah. the stuff in the Asgard sort of yeah. like uh, uh, Collector area, or not Collector area, but like their... Um, treasury their, their treasury right what was the one that she liked it was like a little square that was the uh, the cosmic cube the um, the tesseract that's which, the tesseract which okay. loki looks at it at the
1: end and probably you know pockets which yeah will lead us right into uh, the next avengers movie it's um, you know that's the connective thread that they have been yeah i read online that
0: time. the post-credit sequence um uh with thanos is is at least the eighth time they've He's Thanos is coming <laughs> in a Marvel film. Well, finally, next <laughs> so year. So it's happening. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so then s- set up is uh, uh, Heimdall happens to be a fugitive. Oh, we get the the Led Zeppelin, the rock and roll music in the fight scene, okay? Um, the, that, that that song, it, it's called uh, the, the Immigrant Song, immigrant song mm. right? Um, that was, to me, it was like the greatest um just sort of um presence of the director in this <laughs> film because you know he didn't just do some action movie score for for the opening he and then right. the finale he goes right right uh to Led Zeppelin yeah, I right you had set up yeah you know and so i was like this is going to be a rock and roll movie um we find out that uh Loki's impersonating Odin. Um, Matt Damon is playing <laughs> Loki <laughs> in the theater version, yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, then Odin dies, um, just passes away. I guess he get of old age.
1: Uh, yeah, very um, kung fu panda. Oogway, I don't know if you remember, kind of like
0: oh, okay. particle
1: effects off into the, off into the yeah. sunset. Yeah,
0: um, and. Uh, Then the that's essentially our catalyst. Odin dies, and he no longer can keep Hela from staying away. And Hela arrives, and Ragnarok is on her tail. So, um, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of just uh, that's that's the catalyst, and Hela's uh, arrival, and she challenges Thor. She destroys uh, the hammer. Uh, Yep. Right? Which is pronounced Yolner. Yolner, yeah. Um But again,
1: that, that setup is, is also very purposeful and it keeps moving in that first act in terms of Surtur tells, Surtur at the beginning tells Thor that Odin is not in Asgard. It's leads uh-huh. Thor going to Asgard mm-hmm. and discovering Loki is actually Odin. And then he takes Loki to go find Odin. They find Odin. Odin dies and that releases Hela. One thing after
0: another. And there's this goose causality which keeps things moving. What I'm missing from the first act mm-hmm. here, though, is the seeds of the character arcs, right? We don't—the se- the, the character arc for Valkyrie could have been established here. The character arc for Loki could have been established here, right? The character arc for uh, Hulk could have been established, but they wanted to keep it a secret, right? Yep. So you're not going to yep. mention that. Um, so act one is where you're supposed to put the seeds of the character arcs, well, and lo- they just decide to do them in flashbacks later. Loki's or character in Loki's arc. case— He's the same Loki. There's no arc for Loki. He's Whoa. he's the he's 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 a bad guy. He's a good guy. He's a bad guy. He's a good guy. He's, but still, he's Captain Jack Sparrow. They at least set it up in terms of having
1: the statue of Loki as the false savior. True. And in the end, he shows up in almost the same pose as that statue as the actual savior. And he's the savior. Because he showed up with the ship instead of just
0: taking it and getting away. Okay, I didn't catch that. That's a great call. I yeah. missed that. That's a good That's Little a good callback. Again. He's not it's a good main callback. He shows up with the hat, yeah. and he does actually save the people of Asgard yeah. with a ship. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so they did set up that arc. Okay, so good call there. Um, breaking it Two is Thor's Banished to the Garbage Gladiator World. of yeah, basically. <laughs> On, called Sakaar, right? This is where it begins instantly to feel like the Marvel Galactic Universe. Okay? Sakaar is like Coruscant, right? In Star Wars. It is it is like, it's a, a garbage plant. It feels like Blade Runner. It feels like um, a
1: cyberpunk film. Well, I mean, look, look at Force Awakens. I mean, uh, Valkyrie's character, she's called Scrapper142. She's basically doing the same role as Rey does in Force Awakens, right? Okay. Where she yeah. is just scavenging, scavenging. all the, the trash that's out there.
0: And her ship is like Slave 1. It definitely She's basically like a Boba Fett. She is. And she's a mercenary out yeah, there. She's yeah, she's a mercenary. Yeah. And again, we love those characters, and she has a lot of fun with it. Yeah, that. they're archetypes, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, we've got some basic, you know, you got, you got in the first half of Act 1, in the Fun and Games, you have two plots. You've got Thor. First half of Act 2. Excuse me. Yeah. Act 2. Yeah. Fun and Games, first half of Act 2, you have two plots. You've got the Thor plot, right? And you've got the Hela plot, right? Yes. So the B-plot is Hela taking over, very slowly, taking over Asgard, <laughs> okay? And we spend a little bit more time on the A-plot, as you would. Uh, Thor's kidnapped by Valkyrie with this technology lock. He's a god, but you can put, like, a little, like, Apple Watch on his <laughs> yeah, neck and yeah, control that's him. Yeah, it's the That's god. fun. Yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> Apple Watch can do a lot. They just came out with the new, upgraded the firmware. Um, we meet the Grandmaster, who I don't know. Did you get enough of a character from the Grandmaster? You've got Jeff Goldblum, who's a comedic genius, <laughs> and he's basically I don't know. I I felt like of any of the characters who didn't go off script, it was his character. He was just reading the character's lines, you know.
1: What Titi said that there are hours and hours of additional footage of them just riffing with. Goldblum, I can't wait of just him Goldbluming. Just
0: I would love you know maybe Goldblum. Would st- I can see Goldblum, his riffs going completely out of character, oh, yeah. you know, and, or, or swearing or something like that. I would love oh, to yeah. see that.
1: Yeah, DVD's going to be interesting.
0: But it didn't make it into the movie. Yes. The way the other stuff happened. Uh, we get the uh, Tournament of Champions, very much like Gladiator.
1: That's all still in the first half of Act 2, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. This is fun and games. Loki's uh, present. This, uh, this doesn't work for me, the fact that he was present on S- Sakaar. Um, and he was not, I mean, it just didn't make sense because he was was Thor's, uh, you know, partner as far as Act 1, and then Thor is a slave in fun and games, and um, Loki's just walking around. This is, again, where they're not serving uh, the ensemble, right? Loki's walking around. He's trying to get in with the with the uh, with Jeff Goldblum's character and he's not he's not doing anything he's just he, kind of sitting there. He, I, I keep going back to
1: um, uh, Game of Thrones but I think my my reading of it was that he was supposed to be coming across as very much of a little finger character where he was the conniver and he was the smooth talker and was I able to I didn't see
0: any of that. I you know I, that would have made a lot of sense if if he was negotiating with um, the with uh, Jeff Goldblum with Grandmaster to 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 get Thor into a fight, or to get Thor a weapon. Just having or some
1: beat where he proved his value yeah. or showed what he was. Yep. Instead of you.
0: just sitting there and saying, "Oh, I don't want to jeopardize my place with, yeah, the, yeah, with yeah, the Grandmaster." Yeah. What was that place? Yeah. Um, the there was a great uh, homage um, with uh, with uh, the character Korg. Uh, when they were picking weapons, he picks up a, a, a triple fork and he says, "This is kind of <laughs> useless unless you are." fighting three vampires that were huddled together. together yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a nod to like what we do in the shadows yeah, comedy yeah, right yeah, like exactly. vampire joke um uh, valkyrie shows up in asgard we start to get to know her which is so interesting that we i mean getting to know a new character so late in the story i mean it's already minute 35 45 um, it is expanding on the Hela story. Again, we've got seeds of it. We
1: saw kind of the paintings of Hela's story mm-hmm. and her um, her conquest. So this is adding to it and bringing it to life in another dimension.
0: I wanted to ask you in the arena, Thor puts on a helmet. Mm-hmm. It seemed to me like that was something from the mythology. I, I think kind of having the big
1: Thor wings yeah. uh, is a part of what he usually his has. His traditional in
0: costume in the comics had the helmet, has right? Has some
1: kind of a helmet with the wings. And he's got something similar that he wears in one of the previous Thor movies, but he only, like, wears it once okay. it, in the helmet. So it was a nice little nod to it. It felt and like nice there little, was
0: yeah. a nod to the, the old stuff, maybe yeah. the Kirby stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that he found, like, a makeshift hammer in his fight with <laughs> with the Hulk. Yeah. 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 Um but it was also great and here's a, here's another great um nod to the director's patience. Uh this fight the the Thor and and the Thor Hulk fight just like the the Thor uh fight with Sator in the beginning, Surter, yeah. Surter um was very hand to hand. It was not hyper edited. It was not um uh, a, a bunch of like you know laser guns and shooting. You know it was it was very well choreographed and I mean it had to be super CG. But it was it was uh, it was it had narrative to it. You know in action sequences that you can follow the story. That's a better action sequence than um, a hyper edited. You know. Uh, slamathon.
1: Yeah, well, especially in in films like uh, Transformer films where you know, it's just nothing but CGI and metal on the screens and you can't tell what's going on. This was definitely refreshing. And again, the big bold colors that really brought it to life mm-hmm. really helped that and and uh abstracted it in a way that we could easily
0: follow. The Thor starts to for the first time he gets his lightning in that fight, he starts to feel his lightning and uh now that you said it, the fact that the lightning and uh, losing the hammer and him being broken down so to get build back up, that being his arc. Um, now I think back and I think, yeah, there's hints of it because a, an arc is supposed to be an emotional experience mm. for the audience. Mm. It's not just supposed to be, oh, I get my powers and I'm all grown up. It's supposed to about be about him and his dad. Mm. And there are some flashbacks to Odin um, when he's... Uh, at the in the third act when he's fighting Hela. Yeah, well, and again,
1: I don't know if that's a flashback or if he's kind of communing Excuse with his Excuse me, yeah, or, or, not necessarily a
0: flashback, but he's communicating with his dad, yeah. yeah.
1: One of the best lines is when Odin actually says, are you the god of hammers? Right, right. <laughs> it's a <laughs> <fantastic. laughs> great line.
0: Yeah. Um, the trouble is, I didn't feel the father-son connection enough in act one. They didn't set that arc enough in act one, because all you see of Odin and... Thor is Odin's already ready to go Mm -hmm. and Thor's not very sad about it because Mm. too soon after Odin's death which is I'm not even sure if he's dead because he kind of flew off in particles um, we don't see the loss or feel the loss that Thor feels that will be um, uh, uh, regained in his character arc when he sort of takes his father's place in more ways than one and it wouldn't have taken much um, no, I, just I a little bit of emotional connection between you know. There was one line where he says, "My sons, I love you." He actually said that. I was yeah. like, "Oh, this this director took a, a moment." He said, "I need a fa- father son moment." And he, you know, uh, Odin says to his sons, "I love, he, I love you," and it's that a was really moment. Yeah. and it was nice because yeah. that connected us. But I wanted more.
1: Do you think that it's um, a little too reliant on the fact that maybe if you watch all three movies together? and got that flow, there would be enough resonance from the first couple where it was a lot more of that But Yeah, he
0: had a very complicated relationship with Odin. First movie entirely, his father kicked him out, right? Yeah, and Frigga dies, the mother dies. The mother dies in that second second movie, and it's
1: very emotional and very heavy, and this kind of just swung completely in the other direction.
0: I could have used... They could have cut some pieces of those previous uh, family issues into this act, act for one, to give us a stronger character arc for Thor when he becomes this king, you know, in the image of Odin. One eye, short hair, you know, no hammer, all that.
1: We, um, we, just jumping around a little bit, I had a little trouble trying to figure out where our All
0: is Lost moment was. Yes. And again, I think that... So let's jump first. Midpoint, I believe, for the A story was Hela decides to leave Asgard, right? And she can't, because there's no sword. And then the midpoint for Thor is after the Hulk-Thor fight, uh, Thor decides to escape Okay, Bad guys close in. Um, Hela is like, the Hela plot goes away, right? Her rule is pretty boring. She's flirting with Scourge. Um, Heimdall is protecting Asgard. But we're we get we lose this B plot um, then uh, the a plot uh, stores trying to get off Ragnarok We get to the low point what did it, what did you have for the low point
1: uh, well, again I think that was that was my I, I was like what where where was our low point here Where was our moment where it looks like they're not going to get into the the wormhole. Like, we, there was nothing like that. The closest thing I had, like, well, there was that destruction of the Quinjet. He thought he was going to have it, but he wasn't. And that was a little too early.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. And then Loki betrayed Thor, so you had a quick minute of like, oh,
1: wait a minute, is this all going to fall
0: apart? A, lo- a low point can be multi-plot. You can have low points for all of them. I just don't think any of them were very low. You're right, they lost the Quinjet, but that's the same time where, we reali- where Hulk realizes that he lost, that he had feelings for Scarlet um, Johansson. 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 So there, Black there's Widow. a low Black Widow, so that's a low point there loki betrays them right Mm -hmm. then also uh in the hella plot uh scourge is going to execute the innocent blonde woman Mm -hmm. and there's some guy who's like oh i'll tell you where the sword is so that then it's kind of the kind of the whiff of death i hear you okay wasn't a strong one we didn't lose a main character in fact i think the entire third act the having scourge in the movie entirely was so that somebody could die no no one in the movie dies, uh except, except scourge, scourge. Hella theoretically. Hella maybe. So breaking into the third act, uh, is the final fight.
1: Which and then the finale, which we don't usually go into the detail on, but yeah. This was so structured, so mm-hmm. beat by beat for the finale in terms of gathering the team up in for the okay. fight with all of your different players, storming the castle, yep. with the, the, the stand on the Asgardian Bridge. High Tower surprise. Hela is like m- so much more powerful than they ever expected, and everything that they do couldn't do it. I would imagine that's a, as much the surprise as we got. And then that dig down deep moment of Thor communing with Odin really was that moment where to he get had to, his
0: force lightning. Well,
1: he, well, he well, it was that yeah, he had to get <laughs> his force lightning. But also to 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 accept Ragnarok. To expect yeah. like that was the thing. Like oh, I've got to completely rethink the way
0: that I'm approaching this. I w- wish that they would have had paid lip service to that that Thor could at least just said that I need to let Asgard, Asgard go, go. That, that and then they do have that line that Asgard is the people it's not the place yeah. but the idea that we've got to allow this place to be destroyed yeah, would've, it would have been nice to hear that it that
1: would have been nice in the communing with Odin as opposed uh, to right afterwards.
0: See, and that, you know, you know that and that and that is an emotional moment yeah. because the father it, it's like the fa- if if Odin had said it, yeah. d- it would have been like saying let me go. Yeah. But then we wouldn't have had the God of Hammers line. That God of Hammers <laughs> line. They they went for the co- for the joke. For the comedy. Um, All right. The final fight montage with with the Led Zeppelin song was amazing. I would have ended the movie there. <laughs> they had a bunch of action sequences after that. I would have ended it right there. It was a great action montage. Um, I mean, to for our final thoughts, you know how it should have ended. I would have gone out on that montage, you know. I would have gone out, you know, with they win the fight, right? The planet, they allow the planet to destroy itself. They get on the ship and they do a um, sort of a Star Wars throne room scene. So, right? you,
1: like the the Surtr stuff was like too much for you, like that. So
0: secondary, so secondary.
1: So weaving that in a bit. Once we more. got
0: uh, once we got off Sakar, I didn't care about Sakaar, Uh The Surtur thing, that's fine. It, the The idea that they had to destroy the place, but yeah, um, they they did. Ha- they had a bunch of sequences with Scourge after that you don't care about. Yeah, totally took you um, out of it. Yeah, I and, agree about that. Um, and also, sadly, the Adruselba character, Heimdall's, like role in it. They try to sew that up at the end and. Yeah. I didn't care that much about it because hey. they didn't serve that plot enough, that character enough. Yeah, um, Post credit sequence, yet another Thanos is coming. Yes. And then the Grandmaster is still alive. Yes. It's it, a tie. Uh, exactly. And perhaps
1: to uh, pair with his brother, yet another day. Benicio del Toro. I didn't know they were brothers. It'll be fun.
0: The Collector yeah, and, and the Grandmaster. Exactly. exactly. Awesome. So fun
1: stuff. Looking forward to Infinity War in 2018.
0: Okay, anything uh, you were dying to say that you didn't get to say tonight? Uh, Again, I just. From the comic book world. I had a
1: lot of fun with the movie. Um, More fun, I think, than any other Marvel movie. That, again, the Marvel movies we always talk about, they are more fun than the movies from the DC universe, than the Justice Leagues, and the Batmans, and Suicide Squads, and whatnot. But this just took that fun to a whole other level. I'm wondering if it's from the um, the fun that they had with uh, uh, Deadpool again yeah. in a more R-rated way. Uh-huh.
0: And Deadpool, you know, is again, is, um, and I'll, I'll agree, this is the biggest, uh, you know, choice, uh, correct choice. When you put on A, on a, a, a uh, an A-list comedic talent in the director mm. who can allow the comedy to balance out all the action you've got, you know, a blockbuster hit. That's yeah. what that's what they want for a popcorn movie. Absolutely. You Absolutely. know, if you get a little bit of the emotion in there, I was you know, I wanted a little bit more of the character arcs in there, it would have been perfection. But right. I think this is uh, one of the, you know, this is, for me, this is one of the strongest Marvel films yet.
1: I'd say, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Lots of fun.
0: Looking forward to more. Alec, thank you very uh, much. you, David. Guys, um... I want, to thank my st- I want to thank Alec. I want to thank Adorama. I want to thank Seth Miranda. Uh, the script is produced by David Negrin, edited by Zoe Alexander. Reminder, if you like the script podcast, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and subscribe to the script YouTube channel. Join our Facebook page by searching NYC Screenwriters Collective. Follow us on Twitter at scriptfeed. You can support the script podcast at patreon.com slash the script. Thank you.